Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke athletics. So this week, of course, we're focused a lot on the Duke men's basketball team as they gear up for the ACC tournament. Also, the Blue Devils getting set to compete in the NCAA tournament. We'll have selection Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, to find out where Duke is headed. On today's show, my good pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated will be my guest. We'll talk about the first season of John Shire and a whole lot more all throughout today's show. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to watch the show daily each and every day on YouTube to stay up to date with things going on with Duke Athletics. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Connor O'Neill, who joins us here on the program today. Connor, all of a sudden, you look at the calendar, postseason basketball is finally here. We made it, man. Here we are. We made it. Uh, it feels like not too long ago that I was schlepping down to Durham for the first game of John Shire's tenure. Uh, the first official, I always uh, – I like to joke that he was two and a half and oh when he took over. Um, yeah, good point. <laughs> the, with the COVID year win against BC and then the win at Wake uh, last season. And then he had that half that he coached when Coach K was had an IV in him in the other game against Wake last year. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a good season. People forgot that you could win half a game, and yet that's what we saw Coach Shire do. <laughs> like, he actually got outscored in that half, so <laughs> you could make the point that he was fair. Two <laughs> and you know a half game. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we talk about year one for Coach Shire, twenty-three and eight in the regular season. Duke is the number four seed in the ACC tournament. I mean, if we're just putting regular season grades out there for year one of the Shire era, how did he fare? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can nitpick some things and you can uh, get bogged down in in the January kind of doldrums that we saw this team going through. Um, look, they certainly they they look bad in some of those road losses, like the the losses at Wake and State within two weeks of each other were both listless, I think is the word I used. The losses at Clemson and Virginia Tech, they kind of came in pairs uh Clemson and Virginia Tech they were both kind of you know close games that Duke didn't start well and climbed their way out and had a chance to win and then faltered at the end and then you know the the other pair of road losses in the ACC uh are couldn't be more more polar opposite uh felt like they lost that Miami game in the first five to ten minutes of the game uh you might say the first possession when Norchad O'Meara is stepping out and hitting a 27 footer on your head but um and then the virginia game uh was was the opposite i mean the acc admits fault that kyle filipowski should have had free throws to win that game in regulation uh, and that's a you know i have, I have the uh stats right here in front of me he's a 77.7 percent free throw shooter you you like to think that even in a pressure-packed situation like that he's making one of those two and and duke notches a road win against Virginia. Um, 
to get to your to your question uh, to stop filibustering, <laughs> it's been a I would struggle to ask for anything better in in a coach's first season. Um, oh yeah, we just got finished with a press conference at Duke, and um, one of the things John has has talked about is knowing that that he he knew this season would have some bumps in the road. Uh, you can't really anticipate having to deal with the injury situations that they've had to deal with, with Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively, and Jeremy Roach coming to mind immediately there. Injuries that they've done. Seven freshmen, two grad transfers, two two other practice squad players that transferred in. Um, and then basically one player who, who's back from last year that played meaningful minutes. There were bound to be some growing pains here. And – one of the one of the things that struck me after after the Carolina game this past weekend was John said they would not be the team they are right now if they didn't have some of those losses if they didn't go through some of the things that they've gone through um, you know if if they hadn't been through some of that adversity maybe they'd have a better record but they wouldn't be better suited to go into this month playing their best basketball and when you boil it down like that's what you want to be doing. Um, yeah, you know, eight losses, uh, I'm sure it was eight times more than Duke fans would like Duke to lose, (laughs) but, but you've, you've got to, you know, there, as, uh, I think it was Ryan Young mentioned today, nobody in college basketball is undefeated. Uh, I I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to see an undefeated team in college basketball ever again. Uh, if, if that Kentucky team couldn't pull it off a few seasons back, I don't know if anybody's going to do that. So you're going to have losses and and it's how you deal with it. And this team for as young as they are and, and for as uh, you know, for as much of a leadership vacuum that was left after last season and that had to be filled this year with new guys and new pieces and, and to Jeremy Roach uh, they've played great. Indeed they have. And that's why we're so excited to see what Duke can do with this ACC tournament. And they are, one of the favorites to win the event there in Greensboro this week. And they've got their work cut out for them, though. But Duke riding a six-game winning streak going in. you got to feel good about the Blue Devils' chances. We'll talk a little bit more about that ACC tournament when Lockdown Blue Devils continues here in a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is our absolute favorite sports book in America. It's the number one sports book out there. Why? Well, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots drained, and so much more. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. Now is as good of a time as ever to go and read your work, to subscribe to your platform there with Rivals. Connor, tell me a little bit about what's going on this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, man, it's it's uh, it's funny. You, you, it feels like there's two main seasons of college coverage, and it's <laughs> in-season and out-of-season. And out-of-season is about two or three months in the summer 
when you're kind of getting ready for football and right. we're in the thick of in season right now. Um, you got a story on Kyle Filipowski being named rookie of the year, uh, a, a breakdown of uh, Saturday's win against you know, Carolina. Um, and we'll have plenty of ACC tournament coverage. I live 20 minutes down the road from the Coliseum. So I'll be there for, for long hours and late nights uh, cranking out some stories. Can't wait to see the event unfold this week and see what Duke is able to accomplish there in the ACC tournament. Go follow Connor O'Neill and his work at Connor O'Neill underscore D-I. So as we get set for the ACC tournament here this week and with Duke getting set to play an afternoon game on Thursday, tomorrow, that's uh, tomorrow, and uh, Duke will play the winner um, of uh, Pitt and uh, a game that happened on Tuesday as we're recording this. So uh, with all that to be said, Connor, what are expectations for Duke as you take a look at this bracket here? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big relier on Ken Palm, and I think Ken Palm has Duke as the tournament favorite, even though they're the four seed. Uh, they've, they've played a lot of the best basketball lately. Uh, Six-game winning streak is, I think, more than twice as many as any other winning streak in the ACC. Um, I know going into the last weekend, it was Duke at five wins in a row, Carolina and BC at three wins in a row. And obviously Duke beat Carolina and BC lost to fall into a Tuesday game. So Duke is, is the hot team in the ACC. Um, I do think, you know, that potential for, for a pit game in, in that quarterfinal, that's uh, a pit team that, you know, you, you try to see things from the other side of the, of the coin, from the other perspective. Pitt probably feels like they should have won in Durham. Um, they lost by two. It was, a, it was a really tough game. That was – I kind of think of that game as the Derek Lively coming out party. Like, that was the first time that we actually – I felt like we saw – what he could be defensively as a guy that stayed in front of those really tough nosed and really versatile pit guards. Like he guarded them on the perimeter. Um, Blake Hinson struggled to, to get it going there um, in the, in the later portions of the game. So that's one that I would be really looking forward to seeing. Um, But, you know, Georgia Tech has been pretty improved. Florida State is talented. They just didn't have a good season. They're they're not a typical Leonard Hamilton team. Um, what Duke has going for it is it's three and zero against those teams this year. Uh, all of them were were just one time each, and Duke won every game. the the one the the matchup that you're anticipating there though is is uh, Miami Duke in the semifinal. That would be. That would, that would see some sparks fly. Um, that'd be a fun one. Yeah, I hope we get a chance to see that game, kind of the rubber match between those two teams, as Duke obviously had the two-point victory at Cameron and then uh, got boat raced there in Coral Gables. So we'll see what a neutral site floor in the Greensboro Coliseum does uh, for the Dukies in this one. So talking about Duke's performance, though, so far this season, come tournament time, Obviously, the balance scoring of being able to dominate points in the paint, but also knocking down shots from the outside. I mean, I don't know that there is a perfect combination that we've seen so far this season, but should Duke want to go on a run? Should Duke want to be the ACC champions? How do they get it done offensively in your eyes? Like what formula adds up to see Duke be the ACC champs from the offensive end of the floor? 
I think to beat Pitt, they'd have to go inside. Um, I think that's a game that you would look at uh, if – let's see if I can get it pulled up here really quick. Um, the first time around against Pitt, Kyle Filipowski had 28 and 15. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty that, good. That was – yeah, that was in that stretch where he had some monster games. Uh, you know, they're, they're not your 17 and 10 double-doubles. They're your <laughs> fill it up. And, and then keep going double-doubles. Uh, I think you would be looking for a similar kind of stat line. I, you, don't, you don't project 28 and 15, but, but you kind of think along the lines of if they get that type of performance, maybe throw in some Mark Mitchell production and some Derek Lively production. Um, that would be the formula offensively against Pitt. Against Miami, I mean, you have to make shots. Like, you, you, you either um, – that is – that is a team that is just a super talented offensive uh, offensive team. Um, I had the numbers done. Let me see if I can pull it back up here. Uh, Miami in the in the first matchup was twelve for forty two on two point shots. They were ten wow. of twenty one on threes. Um, they hit some threes. Like Nigel Pack was unconscious early. That's right. Jordan Miller was three or four three of four. But 12 of 42 from inside the arc. Uh, this is a Miami team that their two-point percentage this year is 54.5%. That's 32 in the country. Um, they're not a team that typically misses a bunch of shots from in close. Like They have three-level scorers in Miller, Wong, Pack. Omir is a load down low. Like, that was a game that, again, like we saw some great stuff out of Derek Lively – but it also feels like the the game at Miami, where Miami scores 81 points on Duke, that's what Miami wants to do to you offensively. They just want to take over the game with their offense. Um, I had, I you know, I have my dual citizenship where I cover Wake also, and Wake went down to Miami uh, later in the season a couple weeks ago, and Miami jumped out on them uh, at the end of the first half and in the second half. It was like a 15 to 18 point game. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I, I put the tweet out, like, Miami's going to let you score. They're going to let you come back in games that they get up on you because they don't they don't play defense. They, right. they don't really want to play defense. They just want to keep scoring on you. <laughs> and that, that's basically what they did to Wake. That's basically what they did to Duke in the game down there also. Um, you you probably – in your, your basic view of Duke's loss down there is just it was a 22-point game. Everything about this game was awful. There was a brief window in the in the end of the first half where Duke had kind of narrowed things and looked like they had kind of worked their way back into the game, and then Miami just ran away with it. Um, that was kind of the window where Wake took a little more of advantage of it and was getting back into the game, and then Miami, again, just, just kept scoring. They're just going to keep scoring. So – Duke, I mean, if you're if you're gonna hold them under thirty percent on two point shots, your defense is really good. I don't know if it's that good to do it again. So I would say that's a game that Duke would need to hit probably ten to fifteen threes. Uh, that's a lot to ask for a team that is not thought of as a jump shooting team. Sure, but yeah, you're you're gonna need some guys to get hot. Uh, I think to beat that Miami team, or you're going to need a otherworldly defensive performance.
It's Locked On Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated talking about the ACC tournament ahead for Duke and other teams there in Greensboro. 23-8, and the final record for the Blue Devils in the regular season. They, of course, saw Kyle Filipowski named Freshman of the Year along with Tyrese Proctor and Derek Lively II getting all freshman team selections. If you're watching us on YouTube, we've got the end of the season, regular season stats here posted for Duke. When you look at some of these individual numbers, Connor, anything in particular that jumps out to you with this Duke squad? Open-ended question there, pretty <laughs> wide range of answers that you could go for, uh, but I'm just curious. I haven't looked at the the overall stats here in the breakdown in, in quite a while. Uh, it's It's kind of news to me that there's only two guys averaging double figures that's what i was thinking as well yeah yeah um you know i i love my stat I, you know I, I call it my stat um but i love the stat of duke is 13 and 1 when mark mitchell scores at least 10 points i reference that very frequently on the program i'm, I'm very glad that um, you brought that stat to life very glad you brought that stat to life <laughs> i feel like i feel like the first place i said it was on this podcast yeah. visits ago uh when when they were something like nine and one or ten and one <laughs> um but yeah it it just makes such a difference when he is attacking off the dribble uh when he is engaged offensively and like i've said he he doesn't have to be your first second or third option really but if he's on the wing and looking to attack it's so much of a difference maker rather than just having him post up in the corner and be available for a spot up three every now and then um and then he crashes the boards i mean you see his 4.4 rebounds a game feels a little low to him he had i think john shire called it after after saturday's win at carolina the two biggest rebounds of of duke's season um, to that point where the two late rebounds against Carolina off of missed shots when they're trying to get the game tied or take a lead. It's crazy to see Derek Lively's blocks number at 2.3 because I feel like it should it, it it feels like he alters anywhere from 7 to 12 shots yeah. a game at the rim. Right. I mean, that's something that I, I tweeted uh, when ACC Awards came out on Monday – uh, how wild it was that the best defensive player in the country received the fourth most votes to be on the all-defensive team. I really believe that he is the best defensive player in the conference. Um, I might have said country there just a second. I meant conference. Um, maybe he is in the country. I, I don't. I yeah. I will. I will admit I do not watch enough uh, other conferences. Sure. <laughs> but man, he just changes everything, and he is he's a seven-one guy that you feel good about switching one through five. And he just opens everything up for your defense when you're able to do that. Uh, I think I've mentioned on here before, a lot of teams say they want to switch one through five. Duke actually does switch one through five. Uh, it's not just some illusion. It's not some like, yeah, they're going to run a trap coverage and say that they switch one through five. They switch one through five. Eric Lively is able to stay in front of guards on the perimeter and make make it difficult for them to shoot over him and make it difficult for them to drive by him. And those are your two options, basically. So when you when you take away both options, uh, every offense runs so many pick and rolls and and ball screens. That's so valuable for a defense. So yeah, he he's he's a fantastic defensive player. Um, you know, otherwise uh, the other the other point that I would make after seeing the stats. 
I know fans thought and and really Duke's staff thought they were getting one thing in Derek Lo- or not Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead. It just hasn't panned out that way uh, for obvious reasons, right? He's dealt with two pretty significant injuries, no uh, one that required surgery. If he just keeps doing what he's been doing, which is spot up shooting, um, there's there's some some room for improvement, I would say, in his defense. But I've thought he's he's not a defensive liability by any stretch. He carries he carries the load when he's in there. Um. That's the key moving forward for this team too, is just getting getting him some confident shots, uh, getting his contributions where it can come. He's not gonna be the you know, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, like I I really think you can make the argument that Duke thought they were getting kind of a Jason Tatum type player with him, a oversized wing kind of guard with ball handling capabilities that you could trust to honestly play a little bit of point guard for you, but also could go inside and get you a bucket, could make the occasional threes. That's just not been him. But what he has become is is what this team needed, and that's a spot-up shooter. If he can start doing those other things, great. But if if spot-up shooting is the only thing you're going to get out of him, he's still doing that role well. He's still filling the role. He's still contributing. He's still involved. So I think that's a a key moving forward into March. Really excited to see what Duke can accomplish here in the ACC tournament this week in Greensboro and also what they can do there in the NCAA tournament post-selection Sunday, of course, coming up again this weekend. Connor, as always, it's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast with us. Remind me one more time where we can find your work. That is Devils Illustrated. Uh, the address is duke.rivals.com, but I believe if you just type in devilsillustrated.com, it'll still take you to, to the Perfect. site there. Um, we'll be, be pumping out the content there in Greensboro. I love it. Connor, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. I appreciate it. All right, that's Connor O'Neill joining us here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Once again, thank you for your support. As always, with this program, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.